I started to see that there is more light to the tunnel. That life can go on no matter what. And me seeing that at 16 kind of gave me hope to even want to go back to high school and continue on with my life and not to give up. And even though that I knew that I wasn't going to have the independence that I wanted to have, I had to be thankful that I even had people that were there for me to even do the things that I needed to have done for me to be able to function. So I started looking at it from that point of view at the age of 16. And that really kept my spirit motivated to keep fighting no matter what. It's an old adage that modern day research suggests is true. A strong social and emotional community can turn despair into recovery and harm into healing. For Black folks, community is in our blood. From tribal bonds to play aunties and uncles, we've shown up for each other for generations. In this series, we explore the impact community can have on our most vulnerable moments and the many ways it manifests. I'm Martina Abraham Zalunga. Welcome back to Layers. This is Layers, stories that explore the health of our communities. I didn't pay attention to the signs and symptoms because I didn't know what I was looking for. I mean, I knew that I was paralyzed, but I didn't know everything that was going to go on with it. I didn't know all the details that would go on with it. And what it looks like to take care of one another during the times we need it most. She treated me with so much compassion. She talked to me. All right, if I put it this way, I sometimes I didn't even feel paralyzed when they were there. It was just, it was, it was just love. It was, it was a beautiful thing. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, 27.6 million people are treated for traumatic injuries in the U.S. each year. In 2009, Anton Clifford was involved in a devastating accident that left him permanently in a wheelchair. As he worked hard to adjust to his new reality, Anton says two things provided him stability, literally and figuratively, the American Red Cross and his best friends. Here's his story. All right. Hey, hello. My name is Anton Xavier Clifford. I'm 27 years old and I reside in Atlanta, Georgia. And where my story begins when I was 16, my junior year. At 16, Anton was an active and outgoing teenager. He swam, he was on the basketball team, and he was pretty popular. He also liked to travel with his family. So in December, me and my family, we took a trip to Jamaica to visit my family because my mom is from Jamaica and we wanted to be over there for the Christmas holidays. And we were all, all the family, we were all staying at one resort. Me and my cousins decided to leave the resort one night to go to a party. As we were leaving the party, I would say about 12 o'clock at night, my cousin crashed into a semi-truck that was coming head on and it broke the car in half. And there I was ejected from the car. And unfortunately, one of my cousins passed away right at the scene. He was 19 in the back seat. And my cousin that was driving, he's from Jamaica. He lives in Jamaica. He was in a coma for three months. And two of my cousins that were in the accident made it out with no injuries. And that's where my life went through its biggest change. Many medical research institutions, like the CDC and the NIH, report that trauma and injuries from things like car accidents, falls, and violence are the leading cause of death for people under the age of 45 in the United States. Blood loss contributes to a large portion of those fatalities. Anton's injuries from the accident were severe. He lost a great deal of blood, 
So you can only imagine how urgent it was for doctors to get him blood to save his life. He ended up needing enough to go through two blood transfusions. I mean, I lost so much blood being so much trauma there was done to my body. And thank God for the American Red Cross. I'm glad that people were able to give me blood to help save my life because the amount of blood that I was losing, I don't think I would be here today. Once he was stable, doctors transferred Anton from a hospital in Jamaica to an ICU unit in Miami, and then eventually onto the Shepherd Center in Atlanta. He would go on to spend a total of six months in hospitals following the accident. Maybe five days after I uh, arrived at the Shepherd Center, I was brought into a doctor's office, uh, and then they uh, looked me in my face and told me that you severed your spinal cord, you're never going to walk again. Matter of fact, the words they said to me were that they didn't know if I was going to move anything below my neck again because I was totally paralyzed from the neck down. So he- hearing that at 16 years old, I started to think, like, am I going to be a vegetable? Like, what's the point of even living if I'm not going to be able to do anything? Anton knew his life would never be the same. No more swim meets or basketball games, at least the way he knew them. The news took an emotional toll on him. And as his friends started to visit him in the hospital, he saw it took an emotional toll on them, too. And in, in this situation, you, you feel lonely. You feel like you're isolated. You feel Sometimes I felt like I was even in prison, mentally. We all have friends that are going to stick around no matter what. And uh, this whole time of being paralyzed, actually, I'm glad that I've had two friends to be around me 24-7 since the start of this whole thing. I've met a lot of friends during the whole journey, and we became close, too. But my two closest friends, I would say, Devon and Nick, we know each other since we were 13 years old when I moved to Atlanta. About two, three months after my accident, Nick came to visit me in the hospital. And I remember him looking at me like he was, he was just staring and was almost in tears. Like I could see right in his eyes. <sighs> I didn't look that good. Like I had a neck brace on my neck, scars all over my face still. It was just... It, it didn't look good. I, I lost probably, I went down to maybe 100 pounds at the time. So he, he used to see me weigh at least 150. I looked very, very skinny. I looked malnourished. And he, could, he looked to me. He was like, uh, sorry to hear about your cousin. He wanted to know, like, I mean, he, he, he didn't ask me if I was going to walk again. He didn't ask me anything like that. We had a conversation and he was just like, yeah, man, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Just keep. Basically, just uh, keep going to therapy and keep working hard. But when he saw me, it was like, I could see it on his face. He couldn't believe that was me. Eventually, Nick and Anton moved past the discomfort of not knowing what to say. Anton doesn't remember Devon's first visit to the hospital. After all, his memory is fuzzy from the pain medication. But what he does remember is that pretty soon, Nick and Devon were frequent faces at the Shepherd Center. Their visits gave Anton an escape and a sense of normalcy. The whole time I was in the hospital, every time I had company, I was happy. You wake up 10 o'clock in the morning, you do all this therapy, 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 therapy. And then you come back to the room and you're like, you're you're drained and you're tired. But then again, you're lonely at the same time because you're in the hospital. And to see all my friends that came to visit me, that was really my highlight of my day. That really kept me going. Because even if they came in with red eyes or whatever, looking like they're about to cry, Something I would do to just to keep myself going. So it's like I fed off of their energy, just being there, the vibe. Them being in the room, walking through there. Sometimes I didn't even feel paralyzed when they were there. <laughs> and that's crazy to even feel that way because, I mean, going through all I've 
been through. I didn't. There's times or moments where we're watching a game, and at the time, and I'm I'm like, yo, this is just like I feel like I'm at my house right now. I feel I feel like I'm in my room with my friends, just watching, chilling, and we're 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 talking junk. We're like, I think Lakers are playing one game. We went there, and Kobe Bryant was playing my my favorite player, of course. Kobe was playing. Yo, man, you seen Kobe do that dunk? And that was nasty, bro. That was, and they would tap my shoulder like, "Yo, that's nasty, Anton. That's nasty." And, and we're we're having a boys' night in the hospital, and just to have friends there with you can really make the process more easier. While Anton grappled with his paralysis, Devon and Nick had to learn how to show up for him too. So when I think about Devon as my friend, like if I if I want to put any character to describe him as his personality, he reminds me of Will Smith. Like he's more life of the party, party over here, party over there, and. He's more outgoing, and you can tell he's an extrovert. He's, he's definitely not an introvert. <laughs> While Nick, he's going to kill me for this, but I mean, I, I describe him as Arthur from PBS. He's smart, but he's quiet. I would say Nick is somebody that is like, you know he's in your corner, even though you might not hear from him for three months. Nick might go missing for three months, two months. And then randomly, you'll just get a text message. Yo, what's up, man? I'm down the street. Can I come over? <laughs> so that's how I would put Nick and Devon. I can go into two examples where my friend Nick and Devon really bailed me out of situations that like I'm thinking to myself like wow like this is real love. One of them being we were at a birthday bash concert. So when I was 18 years old, we just graduated high school, and me and Devon went by ourselves. Me being paralyzed, I used a catheter to use the restroom. I did this process where they call it intermittent catheterization, in which somebody has to catheterize you because I'm paralyzed from my chest down and. I had the arm movement, but I didn't have any wrist movement or finger movement. So I'm not able to hold a catheter and insert it into myself. So we were at the concert and I had to use the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, oh, man, how am I, how, am I, how are we going to do this? And Devon, thank God, Devon was trained. Like you saw, he's seen my mom do it to me several times. So even though he, he's never done it, he was able to go ahead and went to the bathroom. And he was able to do it for me help me use the bathroom at the time i was thinking i was like man i hope hope we don't get pee on the ground or anything like that man like hope we just hope you know what you're doing man hope you really watch my mom and you really know how to perform this thing because it's a very i mean it's a it's easy when you learn it but it can go sideways if it's not done right and thank god he knew what he was doing and he was able to insert the catheter and drain the bag and then use the wipes wipe me off and then then he was able to throw the bags away, and we just moved on. We went back to the show, and of course, I didn't drink no more water. I didn't want any. I didn't want him to have to do that again because we had. A, it was like a four-hour show. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's moments like that, like that'll live with me forever. And, I mean, it's a pride thing having to depend on another guy to do something like that for you and help me use the restroom. It's been years where I think about that. He'll never forget it either. I mean, he hasn't had to do it again because I have a, a catheter inside me now, so. We won't have to do that anymore. But. <laughs> Anton has tons of stories about how Devon and Nick have had his back in vulnerable situations and lifted him up when the emotional weight of his paralysis got too heavy. The support didn't end with Nick and Devon. After he returned to school following the accident, one of Anton's teachers organized a blood drive in his name. She saw it as a way to support Anton and other trauma patients by raising awareness and encouraging students and members of the community to donate blood. The number, I think, of kids that donated maybe is probably maybe 35. But to get people really interested in it, she told them it was for me. 
And after that, some students went in and donated blood. And then after that, it was open to the whole community. Numbers went up after that. I, I feel like some of the kids, even though they were young, 17 years old, they knew the importance of giving blood because they were seeing pictures of me, the trauma done to my body, and they figured I lost a lot of blood. And they, they, they knew that me getting blood definitely helped save my life. Today at 27, Anton is thriving. As a self-professed chair veteran, he mentors other folks who are adjusting to life in wheelchairs. He's still best friends with Nick and Devon. And with their encouragement, he recently started to pursue a new career. So right now I'm in I'm in acting school. Now I'm an actor. I'm motivated right now because there's a really a need for disabled characters in the industry. If you look, there's 2.5% of actors in Hollywood with disability have speaking roles. And thank God that I was able to get signed. I have an agent that picked me up. Hopefully I can leave my legacy in the industry. And it paved the way for more and more disabled characters to come in. So it's seen more as a normal thing now. And I want the next kid that's sitting home that's paralyzed to look at me and say, if he did it, I can do it. I want that mentality to go on. I mean, and this is not just for acting. I think this is a good time with all the stuff going on right now for me to use my situation, my platform going into acting to inspire people and to motivate people to just keep working hard no matter what, no matter what you're going through and no matter what your situation is. Many accident and trauma victims like Anton view their lives in two acts, before their accident and after. Anton's success is the culmination of so many things. His resilience, the emergency responders' quick thinking, his family's love, Nick and Devon's friendship, and the donated blood from people he's never met. Because of that blood that Anton got to live his second act. You can help somebody else live theirs by becoming a Red Cross blood donor. Learn more by visiting redcross.org slash layers. Layers is a project from the American Red Cross. It's produced by You Had Me at Black in collaboration with 1504. This episode was executive produced by me, Martina Abrahams Alunga. Brittany Abrahams is the editor who put it all together. And Jess Jupiter, our sound designer and engineer, made it sound good. Layers is an ongoing exploration of the best parts of human nature. To follow along and experience more stories, visit redcross.org layers. Layers is a project from the American Red Cross. It's produced by You Had Me at Black in collaboration with 1504. This episode was executive produced by me, Martina Abrahams-Zalunga. Brittany Abrahams is the editor who put it all together. And Jess Jupiter, our sound designer, made it sound good.